Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tantra's Mantra, where you go behind and beyond the tech news headlines. As many of you know, enterprise is a quite attractive and lucrative market for the 5G ecosystem, especially for smartphones. In the last few years, BYOD, bring your own device option has become very popular uh, among both business owners as well as employees. And there are good reasons for it. Uh, businesses like it because they don't have to pay for the expensive smartphones, which can cost uh, you know in excess of $500 when bought at retail prices. And on the other side, employees also like this as it gives them a lot of flexibility to own the device of their choice. And easy installment plans that operators now offer makes owning a device very painless nowadays. During COVID, this BYOD thing actually exploded as well. While employees were stuck at home with their own devices, they had no choice than to use their own devices right, for their work as well as personal life. This all seems logical and practical, right? But, uh, but a recent study published by Oxford Economics, commissioned by Samsung, has put some doubts in those assumptions uh, and the logical assumptions as they were. The report also uncovered some of the challenges that enterprises may face if they continue to push forward with uh, BYOD and bring your own device, especially on the smartphone side. And what are those challenges? How big are they? Are they big enough to derail the whole BIOD trend itself? Let's find out. We have Chris Balchik, who is VP of uh, B2B sales at Samsung, is with us to discuss those questions and find out the answers. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me this morning. So, uh, Chris, could you please give us your uh, background and uh, your current roles and responsibilities at Samsung? Certainly. So I serve as a vice president and head of our mobile B2B business unit at Samsung Electronics America. And I've been in, uh, in Samsung for, for well over five years now. And uh, my focus is, is really working with large enterprise, small, medium-sized businesses to, to really transform using mobile endpoints, mobile solutions, transform the way people work and help increase the adoption of technology and the pace of innovation across the board. Uh, and that's everything from working with the C-level, the C-suites, to the employee to ensure that we are effectively mm -hmm. responding to the business and mission requirements of these, these large enterprises across the board. Very well. So let's jump right into this study and the report itself, which I found really interesting. By the way, I have included a link to the report in the description of this episode. I highly suggest you to fully read it. It's not that long and it's very interesting. Okay, so just to be sure, uh, Chris, uh, Samsung commissioned this study, right? Could you briefly explain what was the objective of this study and what was Samsung's involvement in it? Certainly happy to. Yes, we did commission the study working with Oxford Economics. They conducted a survey on our behalf to gain insight into how small businesses, and we're talking about you know, the 2,500 employee base and lower, evaluate and implement a mobile strategy. Uh, mobile strategy meaning the use of uh, handheld phones or tablets, you know, basically mobile endpoints. Mm -hmm. The research explores how small business decisions to implement a BYOD, you know, bring your own device versus an employee provided device. Policy can dramatically impact or not a business 
the study found that about 15% of the surveyed businesses issue smartphones to all employees. And around 46% take a hybrid approach, you know, giving devices to some employees. And typically those are more of your senior managers or C-levels, while the rest are BYOD. And about 39% of those companies fully rely on a BYOD policy under the assumption that the BYOD policy is really saving them Mm -hmm. money. But what we saw and what what some of the early assumptions were that the long-term BYOD impacts and costs are really driven in four specific areas that are really on the back end of the initial acquisition. Mm -hmm. And those four areas are around data security or device security, endpoint vulnerability, a reduction in revenue growth, employee turnover, and really just the overall organizational mobile maturity. So kind of stepping through each of those, on the security side, what we saw is nine, approximately nine out of 10 companies that issued smartphones to employees have a mobile device management software Mm -hmm. or agent in place which allows them to establish security policies to protect the network, protect the data that's being used, and to really help control the device too, especially if it's lost or stolen, where you can wipe the device to ensure that nothing is lost or or compromised with a broken or, or misplaced device. But for BYOD companies, only about four out of 10 have an MDM deployed which means that 60% of those BYOD policy companies really introduce a higher level of security risk across the board. And there is inherent price and cost associated with that on the back end once you get past the hardware acquisition. Two, reduce revenue growth. Mm -hmm. In the survey, it suggested that the EPD policy businesses generally correlate to higher revenue growth, which could be equated to productivity. Mm -hmm. EPD organizations, 53% reported a 5% or more growth in the past three years compared to only 45% of the BYOD companies. We'll talk more about that in a second. And then there's also the aspect of higher employee turnover. In the study, we also saw that there were lower annual turnover rates for organizations that provided devices to their employees. 51% of these companies did have turnover rates below 10%. By comparison, BYOD organizations have turnover rates much higher. And what we're seeing too, just recently in in our support of some larger big box retail stores, a lot of the device employment decisions are not coming necessarily out of the CIO or the mobile innovation offices, but rather the HR office who are fixated on employee retention and reducing attrition. And they're seeing that if they can deploy a device, give an employee device that allows them to do their work and then to take the device home to do their personal stuff. So you have containerization on the devices, employee satisfaction is going up, employee retention is going up. That's a very unique element relative to BYOD versus an EPD policy. And then of course, then there's mobile maturity. In the BYOD mm-hmm. ecosystem, You know, fewer business applications are generally developed or deployed. It's about 5.1 applications to about 7.9 in an EPD or a corporate liable deployed device. So these companies know this is an issue and about 34% per the survey of the BYOD companies 
believe they are currently lagging behind in their mobile maturity growth plans. So double the rate of those that issue smartphones to their employees. So I think what you're starting to see now is, yes, there's an early cost savings for hardware acquisition of the executives that are getting their heads around their digital strategies are starting to understand there's a tail of costs they've now have to take into consideration when thinking about a BYOD policy. Okay. All right. So quite a lot there. So we'll get into some of the aspects that you mentioned in a little bit detail in the uh, questions uh, down the line. So let's start with, uh, you know, this uh, cost aspect. So logically, as many of the survey participants express, uh, the biggest reason enterprise opt for BYOD is cost, right? Cost of the DIY specifically. But uh, as you mentioned, when you look at the overall cost, total cost of ownership, including the service charges and so on, the difference between BYOD and EPD is not that significant, right? That you know, if you look at the other benefits of EPD, that cost is you know negligible uh, to some extent. So how and why is that? Uh, the study revealed that when considering device acquisition service mm-hmm. plans, device stipends to buy your own, management costs, software, application development, ap- application optimization, taking a BYOD approach costs about just south of about $900 per year per employee on average. For an employee-provided device, those same factors considered, it's about $1,200 per year. So there's about a $341, give or take, BYOD savings per employee that comes at a significant cost to employee productivity, workforce efficiency, security, and potential retention. Mm -hmm. All that, there's an additional cost which impacts the overall profit at the end of the day. So as a business, you don't have to necessarily pay for actual devices with BYOD, but but when you you open yourself up to security risk long-term, the unpredictability of those other expenses that can start to hit a company both financially top and bottom line. And then if there is a significant security breach, there's that reputational aspect, which then there's a cost associated with recovering your rep and your brand. So paying a single ransom, losing control of a company's entire network, most executives need to start thinking about how they protect the enterprise which could outweigh that initial $300 cost savings per person. For businesses, it's, again, not just about the hardware. The software is also important. The study found that about 93% of businesses with corporate liable, directed, or an EPD policy also have their MDM solutions. Lacking an MDM solution, again, opens up your organization to vulnerabilities, which we've I've kind of alluded to relative to security breaches, costs, data loss, data leakage, especially if an employee leaves the company or a smartphone gets lost or stolen. We, there's, you know, as employees a trip, it's also very difficult to retrieve information. So with an MDM on board, you can actually reach out electronically and wipe the device to ensure that there's, there's no loss of corporate or enterprise IP. So when you start looking and start joining all those costs, you know, the overall savings becomes a little blurred and you've got to take all these things on board when leveraging a mobile strategy, a digital strategy that is that is using a mobile device mm-hmm. or a smartphone at the end of the day. Because I think there is a level of attractiveness with the BYOD initial cost savings, but the more learned executives are starting to really consider these other attributes 
uh, in their policy making. Okay. All right. So, so many of the advantages that you mentioned in terms of, you know, maturity of, you know, using mobile and smartphone technology for actual day-to-day work and so on, that is higher in companies with EPD versus BIOD. This could be correlation than causation, right? Typically, the people who have invested in giving devices to their employees may have also be more focused on using mobile technology as such for their day-to-day operation. So how sure are you that it's not just a correlation, but a causation, cause and effect between giving a device versus not giving a device? Yeah, what we saw in the study mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, the EPD companies uh, have a different level of understanding of mobile technology than our BYOD organizations. Uh-huh. The EPD company, the Invoke policies, tend to understand how mobile technology can position businesses to succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're more focused on using a mobile endpoint or a portfolio of mobile endpoints to drive their, their technology initiatives. Companies inherently use BYOD policies to cut costs. Mm-hmm. Even though they are trying to mitigate expenses, they're actually doing the opposite in the long term for the, for the very reasons I mentioned earlier. Correct. As I discussed, the, the study shows BYOD's long-term costs are, are undermined with you know the idea of data security breaches, negatively impacted revenue growth through the lack of productivity or access to business applications that are highly controlled and, and with the right rigor and discipline. And then you've also then got to factor in the employee turnover uh, across across all those those echelons of, of discovery and application. So I think in the BYOD space, we see a lot of executives have a very short-term or myopic uh, aversion to cost. And I think there, we, we need to continue to introduce the understanding that there is an ongoing requirement and associated costs that will actually overcome a BYOD initial approach. So this aversion to upfront investments prevents them from leveraging the full potential of mobile technology in the associated applications. And one of the things that that Samsung is now doing is really paying attention to that productivity model mm-hmm. and making sure that we're working with the end user to understand what their business and mission requirements are and then optimizing those productivity applications so they're ready, set, and can be leveraged from wherever you're working. Okay. How do you contrast and compare between laptop BIOD versus smartphone BIOD? Well, I think universally, um, businesses haven't caught up with the way people work today, and, and especially with the acceleration of the hybrid workforce that we're, we're, we're all contending mm-hmm. with. I think employees, people have been working on desktops, laptop PCs for, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as tools evolved and employees become more comfortable with you know work where you are, uh, mobile devices are becoming much more prevalent. And we've got employers, the small, medium-sized business, even large ent- entities and large enterprises that, that still remain behind the curve on how to properly implement a mobile strategy and the associated technology. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a small business owner, some of your employees probably own personal smartphones that could, that could conduct work mm-hmm. on today. Then the, the, the thought is, why should I pay for something they already have? Mm-hmm. But for all the very reasons that we've already discussed about mobile device policy, have to go beyond just that initial, hey, they've already got a device, so why should I pay for it? Um, Laptops are already in play. You know, we really want to protect the the network. 
decades of PC usage. It, it just seems to become part of the fabric financial application. So people aren't really questioning mm-hmm. that. But the research that we're seeing post-pandemic are making smartphones much more prominent and critical and a catalyst for remote life, a, a work a work-life integration, mm-hmm. um, less about balance, but really about how do you effectively integrate work and life together. Uh, and organizations are really starting, at least at the large enterprise level, starting to really figure out that there's a, a, an opportunity for device consolidation going from a PC, a tablet, a smartphone, down to just really uh, a smartphone that has as much computing power on board, if not more, than some of the, the, the tablets and the PCs that are out there to allow you to really boost productivity and create a much greater user experience than before. And in the long run, you effectively start to manage costs out of the business. So, you know, as many offices are starting to now open up, people are returning to an office uh, for the first time in several years. Uh, There's this inflection point uh, for consideration to really start to access the strength of mobile technology to address the business needs of of the small and medium-sized players. Very well. So uh, there is the employee side to this uh, equation as well, right? Although your study didn't look at it in detail, it was primarily, you know, talking to the employers. Employees want to keep their personal and work things separate and and mobile device is one of the most personal devices that they own. You know, when you compare that to a laptop, for example. So, and they also don't want employers, you know, having access to all the personal data on the phones and so on, you know, if it is a employee provided device and also you know i have seen many people carrying two devices one personal and one uh, company provided even when the company provided the device and that is inconvenient right so how do you address that challenge even when you provide the device to the employees you know they still carry their own device and then there's inconvenience and usage issues and so on yeah, it's, it's, it's an ongoing uh, debate, and certainly trust mm-hmm. comes into play here. Um, employees understand the importance of device and data protection. I think that's, that's clear. Mm-hmm. Employers that employ MDM solutions are, are really driving towards higher levels of overall security and management capabilities, mm-hmm. enabling employers to choose you know, their preferred levels uh, and acceptance of, of security, both at the hardware, software, and the data layers. In some cases, MDM solutions, mm-hmm. and, and Samsung does this very well, and they can create containers for work and in a container for employees' personal data. Yeah. So they aren't mixed, and an employee is not tracking mm-hmm. you know, what an employee is actually doing after hours, yep. right? So it's just part of this is also being incredibly transparent employer to employee, uh, creating the separation between personal and corporate is incredibly important. As I said earlier, we're doing doing that with some big box stores, retail stores today. Uh, they can use their, their device as a corporate issue device for, for their work, mm-hmm. and they also can do it for their personal life. And, so, and those employees, as they're introduced to the technology and to the separation, are starting to get much more confident and seeing this as a benefit, a perk 
to being employed there as opposed to employer is monitoring 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Notice that employees would be enticed by also, again, this goes back to the retention element, the introduction of, of really, you know, a higher end device in joining a company. So with an EPD policy or corporate liable provided policy, you also can get access to the most latest innovative smartphones in the market today, which also starts to drive higher retention rates across the Mm -hmm. board. So again, a lot of that is trust. A lot of that is heavy communication, the introduction of the technology and the architecture that's being employed. So that, so the employee understands that there is a difference. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, being open about what kind of access they have to the employee information, making it very clear, I think that will improve the adoption a little bit more, I guess. I mean, there is definitely trust issues between the two, which is making employees carry separate devices as such, right? Even if they are given a employee-provided device, they want to have their own. So, um, and how is this all playing out in today's hybrid work environment, right? And there is every expectation that this hybrid approach will continue in the future, right? It's not here just for the time being, it's there for a very long time. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think we're all there yet. I don't think organizations are, are taking full advantage of, of mobile technology. Uh-huh. You know, our devices, the Samsung devices have a tremendous amount of power and capability, compute power. Mm-hmm. I'm very optimistic in, in our strategy is is leading in that direction that as technology advances, so do employees' expectations of mobile technology. Mm-hmm. They'll have higher standards of what these these solutions, these tools that are in front of them now and how the how they can empower them to do their jobs better. It's the responsibility of the employer to meet the needs of its workforce and to make sure that they are given the right tools to be productive and effective and, and all while being very secure. So I think as, as, as everything starts to move and I think the world's continue to move in this direction, mm-hmm. employers across the board will start to be much more adaptive and open to supporting a much more mobile workforce. I think the days of everybody being in office strapped to their desks you know, where we can monitor are, are gone. Mm-hmm. I think we really have to really be much more open and fluent in using these these highly capable mobile endpoints to do our jobs. Yeah, very well. So, I mean, it seems there are tons of uh, advantages for enterprises to adopt a EPD policy, you know, you know giving good devices to their employees. Uh, what are some of the best practices to make it work for both uh, employees and as well as employers? We talked about you know, trust and other issues. What are some other aspects that make it a working relationship between both of them? Yeah, I said earlier trust, but I think that trust starts with education. Uh-huh. Uh, employers who understand the importance of mobile and mobile technology as part of the fabric of their enterprise yeah. are, are really seeing tremendous success with EPDs, equipping their employees to be productive wherever they are. These organizations are having a much easier time attracting applicants Mm -hmm. and retaining employees, and they're seeing much more productivity in driving, which ultimately leads to increased revenue. To make your device policy more attractive for employees, you've got to listen. You've got to understand what they're asking for and make sure that they understand the needs of the organization and work with them to find or compromise to a middle ground. So education drives the trust, 
you know, getting the right tools in the hands of the employees so they can be productive and do their jobs and be happy about it is going to be critical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, offering device options uh, is certainly going to be critical as we go forward too. And I think offering an MDM solution that allows you to create an opportunity to separate church and state, you know, personal data from corporate information, mm -hmm. if there is a concern there. And, and by and large, there, there's always a question about mm -hmm. that. But then that goes back to a heavy dose of education and communication to ensure that they understand what they're getting, why they're getting mm -hmm. it, and the importance of protecting the corporation, the network, the data, as well as them from any future uh, security vulnerability. But I think education and understanding the needs of the employees are, are probably one of the best things that every every company should, should, should embark on. And I think the report does an excellent job of uh, conveying the right messages to employers, at least on the benefits of it, uh, long-term benefits, if you will. And I think publicizing that report, I think would be a good start in making sure employers understand the benefits. And then there should be some similar effort from the employee side as well to make sure they understand the intricacies involved, they understand and the, the benefits of it for them as well. It'll be interesting to see how, how this changed the uh, ongoing very strong trend, if I may add, of BIOD. All right, so thank you very much for coming over. Any final comments uh, or anything that we missed from the report that you would like to talk about? I thank you for the time this morning. I think we covered a lot of ground. You know, BYOD certainly offers an, an interesting solution, but I think, I think at the end of the day, helping businesses understand the entire cost model, mm -hmm. uh, I think will 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 change the complexion of their decision matrix at the end of the day, uh, and create a much more compelling reason for for an EPD policy to ensure that they're retaining their employees, they're highly secure. And more importantly, that the employees stay incredibly productive and can work from wherever they are. Well, again, thank you very much, uh, Chris, for coming over. I really enjoyed the discussion. Hope to see you back on the show again sometime, perhaps after a few months, to see how employees are coming back to offices and that has affected the BYOD or the EPD trend as such. So, folks, that's all for now. I hope you found this discussion informative and useful. And I really highly encourage you to check out the detailed report again. I'll include the link uh, in the description of the episode. I'll be back uh, very soon with another episode, putting light on another interesting tech subject. Bye-bye for now.